Welcome back to episode six of the podcast. We took a little break over the last two months as my own personal schedule with Shaka was a tad hectic. I was fortunate enough to be traveling around to our various hotels and hopefully some future partners as well. So I was away from my desk, but very excited to be back in my base now in Lisbon, where last week I got to speak with Jane Pendlebury of Hospa. Jane is a well-known personality within the world of hospitality, currently the CEO of HOSPA. For those of you that don't know, HOSPA is the association that helps hospitality professionals to develop their careers, network with colleagues, and keep up to date with industry trends and developments. They also have a crisis support page on their website, hospa.org, that gives super valuable advice on reopening as one example for hotels and hoteliers. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do share it to friends and colleagues. Thank you so much. Jane, listen, it's great to have you on the episode. Thanks a million for taking the time to join us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. Brilliant. Listen, I'd love to kick off with just, I suppose, a quick intro on yourself and just get a bit of insight on, on how you entered what we call the, the wonderful world of hospitality. Well, a very long time ago, and much to my parents' disapproval, I decided that working in hotels seemed like a lot of fun. So I did a Bachelor of Science degree, which included a year in the industry. And I worked with De Vere Hotels, working through each department in that five-star hotel, which gave me a really good grounding. And that led me to a career in front office with a little bit of conference management thrown in. But I ended up spending the bulk of my career in the IT supply side, working with property management systems, point-of-sale systems, and finally revenue management systems. joined HOSPA formally in 2014, having worked with the team as a sponsor and as a member and as a volunteer for many years before that. I became CEO in 2016 and here I am, surviving the hardest year ever for the hospitality industry, trying to remain optimistic and to keep a smile on my face and as many other people's faces as possible. Amazing. And I suppose on that, as we move into it, it'd be great to get for people who don't know just a bit of background on HOSPA and what you guys do. Yeah, just give us the story. It'd be great. Yeah, sure. So HOSPA is the Hospitality Professionals Association. We are a UK based organization and not for profit. We help senior people within the industry network, share best practice and knowledge. We've been around for a very long time now, over 50 years, starting life as the British Association of Hospitality Accountants. But we've now expanded beyond that. And our typical members are owners and directors of any hospitality businesses, usually with some element of commercial responsibility. So they tend to be finance, revenue management people, technology. And we, we have a relationship with the HMA, the Hotel Marketing Association, so marketing people as well. We have a whole division dedicated to professional development, offering education in revenue management, finance and asset management. And the learners tend to be up and coming leaders already working within hospitality. And we run, we have a website, obviously, which has lots of resources on it. And we run events, webinars and masterclasses throughout the year, culminating in an annual conference, which is usually a large event packed with delegates. Last year, it was a hybrid edition and mostly online, although we did manage to get some some people live in the room. Amazing. And would it be right in saying that if you are kind of, as you say, a younger up and coming professional that maybe the general manager, the hotel manager would use HOSPA to kind of upskill future leaders? Is, is that how it sometimes works? 
Yes, absolutely. So you tend to find, I think, the average person working in hospitality isn't necessarily an academic person who wants to sit and study for hours and then they're much more practical and hands-on. So we do our courses with that in mind. And everything that we do has got hospitality bias. So we'll do a finance course, but it's not all about nuts and bolts and widgets. It's more about bed nights and ingredients and that sort of thing, but very, very practical courses to help people progress through their careers. Brilliant. So I think that's one thing that the hospitality industry can definitely do in order to keep and retain staff, because we all know it's such a difficult thing in hospitality. So I assume that's a a real benefit of being a a member of HOSPA. Absolutely. Yes. Super. And you did mention the word, or maybe we mentioned it before we started, but the word COVID, which none of us can get away from. Would be great to hear, you know, from the beginning of March, how it affected your organization, your members and how you all grew through it and and how you've ended up helping lots of your members since March. Yes, we have helped them in many ways, sometimes just by listening to experiences and stories and then by introducing members either to other members who maybe have gone through exactly the same problem or who may be able to offer really practical help, be that an accountant or somebody in banking or or a technical supplier or whatever. But as an organisation, we, like everybody else, created a COVID section of our website where we shared news, we shared offers of support, and importantly, we kept sharing positive news stories, such as hotels who were housing key workers, restaurants offering complimentary takeaways, hoteliers volunteering in the community and the stories were just endless and uplifting so we just tried to spread the word on those lovely stories as well and we're now as I think everybody else is putting a recovery package together we're trying to keep ours a little bit different by offering a series of short sharp video clips which then people can delve in a little bit deeper if they want more information. Perfect and are those videos I assume is it something that people have to be members and then they have a dashboard they can log in or how does it work from a membership perspective? With the, with the recovery package we're actually not restricting that just to members. The, the membership currently is a paid for model and it just seems so cruel to charge for information which is going to help our whole industry recover and because we do want the industry to recover and that's what we're all about they, they are not behind any password or anything they are just available on our website. It's new. There's not a lot there, but it's growing day by day with more and more information coming on. So worth taking a look at. Brilliant. I'll link that down in the description when the show goes live. So yeah, thank you so much for offering that to people. I'm sure it'll be a big help. I spoke to many individuals in the hospitality industry over the last number of months and I suppose the big thing was the change in goalposts, you know, unfortunately led by government opening, closing, bringing back staff, letting staff go back on furlough, opening up rooms, offering sales, having to refund guests. It's it's been a bit of a, an all over the place situation. How have you guys feel the demands of the industry during this time to your members and even your company itself personally? Yeah. Yeah, no, it is really hard, but I wouldn't be in government for anything at the moment. And I think we mustn't lose sight and be grateful, continue to be grateful for the support that we have received because we have been recognised. And I think mainly that's, well, not mainly, but a lot of that is due to Kate Nichols of UK Hospitality, who I know you know, and I think you've um, had on your podcast before. But it does make me sad that all the effort that went into making premises COVID secure last summer was just not really recognised. And if you can open a shop, which isn't going to be cleaning everything everyone touches all the time, then you should be able to open open a hospitality business. And on that point, the hospitality industry is so diverse and it's wrong to assume that you can just lump them in together and that all the hospitality industry 
businesses pose the same risk because they don't. But I think it's very easy for somebody who's not directly working in the industry to, when you're watching the TV news, to think that hospitality is a city or town centre pub packed with punters not caring about social distancing. Obviously, those of us within the industry knows that it know that it's so much wider than that. And you can't group that pub alongside fine dining or, or cafes with stringent cleaning processes or hotels. It's just madness to have this, this one category of hospitality. And I think that's where this campaign, I, I hope you've heard about it, for to get a minister for hospitality will be brilliant because they will be able to share that information more widely. But the other bit of good news is at least now we have some dates to work towards and we have our fingers firmly crossed. We have a budget here in the UK next week and we are looking for further support just to tide over these businesses which are viable but just aren't able to thrive at the moment and just to take them over a little bit further so that they can start to generate some revenue again is really important. So many, so many valid points in that. And I think not painting everyone with the same brush is so true. And you mentioned Kate and she referred to some stats where really hospitality was at such a tiny percentage of the transmission rates because they were so great. And you felt so safe going into lots of the restaurants, especially with the eat out to help out scheme, which I thought was fantastic. I discovered half of Fulham and Parsons Green, which I don't <laughs> usually eat out, but I, I did it that month. And yeah, it was a shame that they weren't recognized, but let's stay positive. As you say, there's dates ahead and HOSPA has the videos online to help people plan for that. So as I said, I'll definitely link that below. You're obviously, Jane, at the heart of hospitality and you're speaking to so many individuals. Is there any kind of common theme that you're hearing, questions, concerns and, and ways then that you can offer assistance? Yeah, well, I'm hearing frustration, despair, fear, the horror of losing high performing team members through redundancy, the horror of losing people's lifelong businesses, cash flow is a massive problem social distancing restrictions, and the list just goes on and on. And with regard to help, as I said, the hopes are pinned on next week's budget just for financial support. And then hopefully from the cautious opening of hospitality from April onwards, a, a surge in business, that will really be the biggest help that everybody needs. Of course, the vaccine to enable that to happen. And also for all of us working in it as well, I think that there is some hope, but the struggles have been like nothing before that I've ever, ever experienced people have said to me about working at hospital and, and how awful it would be it is and it can be really difficult working here but it's also really rewarding because people in hospitality are so positive are so optimistic and whilst there have been some some heartbreaking phone calls that I've taken people are looking to the future and willing the industry back in in full flow really really soon yeah, it's a good point. And I think we've seen, I don't know if you've recently seen over the last couple of days, the upshoot in bookings across the nation since the announcement. I have a colleague who runs a technology company in Silicon Valley. They have about 400 employees and they did a kind of a quiz or last May, just asking questions about how they can improve their operations as a business. And one of the questions was what percentage of individuals wanted to work from home? And this was in May, 2020, and it was 91% wanted to stick to remote working. They did the same question last month and 87% wanted to go back to the office. So you just saw out of 400 people, complete switch from working from home to then wanting to get back around people. And I'm so pro that people want to get back traveling. They'll want to go back to hotels. They'll want to go out to restaurants. You know, we're humans at the end of the day and we strive for, for personal 
um, relationship. So um, I think people should definitely stay positive because um, even ourselves, you know, we're here in, in Amsterdam as we speak and we're looking at office space because we want the team to be back together and people to be around each other. So I'm glad to see the, the change in tune. And I don't know if you're seeing similar sentiment among people that you speak with. Definitely. Yes. Both in my professional life and in my personal life, there is a lot of optimism and the, the novelty has completely worn off now. Nobody, the, the novelty of working at home was great for some, not so good for others, but I think we are all desperate now just to, to go out there and see people. But I, I think there will be a slight, I mean, obviously if you're working in a hotel or a restaurant, there's not a lot of options for working at home unless you're in a desk-based job. But uh, yeah, I, I think that there will be a bit of a shift in patterns of people working from home as well there will be more of that where their job allows it to but I don't think anybody wants to be stuck at home within their four walls with with the family that they live with just forever it's not good for the soul no and we mentioned about London being a bit desolate at the moment but walking through it was nice but I think it'll be bustling again pretty soon and I suppose it's a question that is asked by a lot of people do you think that hospitality that London for example is a major city do you think it's it's gone past the stage that'll ever return to normal or what do you think it'll look like major cities and hospitality in when COVID's completely behind us I don't think it will change massively as you rightly said hospitality is a people business and it is really all about that mixing of people and we throw in some great beds and some food and some drinks just to make it more enjoyable that element of it won't change at all I think recovery will take longer in some areas than others so people city workers who have worked from home for the last year probably will continue to have a mix of working from home and going to the office I imagine and so recovery will take longer for those city cafes if indeed they can recover if they're still there even and a London hotel relying on international business travellers will take a lot longer to recover than a country pub for instance which I think you know as soon as their doors open they'll be they'll be having to turn people away because there'll be too many people trying to get in so people will recover businesses will recover at a different pace but I think we will get back to something not too dissimilar to what we were seeing in 2019. Maybe meetings and events might change I think the global acceptance of video calls has taken a big step so there might not be so many business people just traveling from one country to the next for a business meeting. But again, there's nothing like a good face-to-face -face meeting to get business done. So I don't think it'll stop completely. I just think that might, there might be a more of a shift there. Yeah, no, listen, great points. I'm, I'm of the belief that, you know, shaking someone's hand and having a drink with them or a coffee or lunch, you can't beat that personal relationship. Maybe it's just the Irish in me though. But, oh, I don't think but, so. Yeah. <laughs> that, that little bit of small talk that you have, yeah. when you're, you know, queuing for the coffee or whatever, you just don't get that on the video calls. And I think yeah. that helps you just get to know the person that you're working with so much, yeah. so much better, so much more quickly. Absolutely. Listen, before we go into the quick fire round, I just wanted to give you a, a minute or so to just explain Again, just a couple of points if someone's listening and they're looking at HOSPA, you know, why they should join, the benefits they might get and how they might be able to reach out to you and, and say hello and ask some questions. Yeah, absolutely. So as I say, we are a UK-based organisation, although we do have a lot of international learners on our professional development courses. And we have international members who just want to, to keep in touch with the UK, whether that's because they are British themselves or because um, they think the British hospitality is one to look up to, which is great. And it's very much about meeting, networking, talking to people, call the office here with the most random requests. Sometimes I can answer them straight away. Other times I think, well, I haven't got a clue, but I know somebody who will know the answer to that or will be able to offer you advice on that. 
whether that's another hotelier or restaurateur or whether it is one of our sponsors who are experts in either, you know, whatever it might be, whether it's technology. There was one story during the start of the pandemic where one of our members was really struggling with his bank and getting his loans and convincing the person he was dealing with that he was a viable business. So I was able to put him in touch with somebody that was able to offer him really good advice on how to approach his bank. And that's just one example of I don't know, a thousand over the last year where we've just helped put people back on the path to recovery through introducing them to other people. That's been this year. And normally it's fun getting together, sharing best practice and just chatting about things. We will have meetings that can focus on anything. And that's a great meeting to attend. It could be from sort of, you know, new tax laws through to a new bit of software that's just been introduced for reading menus or whatever it might be. So people will come along to learn about that, but just as important, and sometimes for some more importantly, it's being in a room with like-minded hospitality people and then having a glass of wine with them afterwards and just having a chat and meeting new people. Brilliant. Listen, super. And as I said, I'll I'll link it all below when when we go live with the episode. Um, Just moving into a final little thing, a bit of fun at the end. But thank you so much for the insight. It was great, Jane. Um, But unfortunately, can't no political answers during this little few questions. You have to just pick one. Um, I know I'm sure there's many favourites, but if you had to pick your favourite hotel in the UK, what would it be? UK. I might be the Rosewood in London, but I'd hate to ignore the Ferndale hotels as well. (laughs) Well, I'll let Michael know that you said that. Um, (laughs) Michael was on the show, actually, Michael Bonsour, so he'll be very happy to hear. Um, Your favourite restaurant? Well, it does depend on the occasion. I know you don't want a political answer. It does depend on the occasion, (laughs) but the one that always brings to mind is the Wolseley in London. Wow, okay, yeah, I've not had the fortune of visiting yet, but I heard great things. Um, listen, travel is one of those things that we'll ever take for granted anymore. Is there a bucket list location that you had not visited before, but now that the borders have been closed, the second they reopen, you're like, I'm not missing the chance to visit this location. I was lucky. I took a break in my career a few years back and, and went traveling. So I've done an awful lot of things that I, I never really thought I would do from through Russia, through to Trans-Siberian Express, and, and then your usual routes and back up through Africa. But I never reached South America. So that that's one that's sort of been on my list for a little while that I need to go and have a look at what's going on there as well. Amazing. Well, when you go, let me know, because I know Rafi from Selena. Selena is a gorgeous hotel brand and chain all through South America. Amazing properties. So um Funnily um, enough, when I when I did do that big travel, wherever I went, I met an Irish person. There was always an <laughs> Irish person, most remote jungle bar or desert bar. I would always be an Irish person to talk to. Yeah, I don't know how we do it, but we're everywhere. And there's usually a little Irish pub if you want to go in and get a bit of grub and a pint. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm sure you've come across some amazing people in, in hospitality. There might be one who stands out, who's been a big help to you or someone you admire or look up to or someone you just like to, to mention. I'm not sure if you can think of anyone off the top of your head. Well, right now, and I know you, you've had her on, I mentioned her earlier, Kate Nichols from UK Hospitality. I was so delighted when she recently received her OBE and, and never has one been more more due, more, more receivable than hers is. She's done such amazing things. But there are some great hoteliers out there who I admire and some people that have helped me along the way in my career as well. Too many to mention. 
Yeah, no, listen, Kate, Kate's amazing. She's done a stellar job for everyone. I think everyone backs her up with what she's been doing. Jane, listen, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. There was so much insight there. Can't wait to go live with it. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for the time. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to meet you and talk to you, Mark. And let me know if we can do anything to help Shackle as well. I'm sure we will be able to in time. Just let me know. Yeah, super. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it.